Welcome to Talk Healthy to Me. I'm your host, Brindley Joyner, and on this podcast, we chat about living healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives. From fitness to relationships to business, we really cover it all. Let's get into it. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode on Talk Healthy to Me. I am your host, Brindley Joyner, and this week we're going to be talking about how the grass is not always greener on the other side. I know that's a phrase that we've probably all heard before, but I want to really dive into what it means, where it came from, and just, yeah, everything that goes into that phrase. But before we get into that, I want to do a quick little recap just to fill you in on some life updates. I feel like the podcast is a place I can really just sit down and chit chat with you guys. So if you don't like the life updates, you can skip through this part and get to the main part of the episode. But basically, I'll give you some of the stuff that's been going on the past week. We were in Orange County for an Ice Barrel event, and we were putting on a workout class and then a recovery session with Ice Barrel, and that was amazing. I got to meet up and host with two of my friends, uh, Nikki Font and Kylie. I always want to say Kylie Ross, but it's Kylie Holbeck now because she got married. But anyways, I was with them hosting that and I got to meet actually a lot of you that said you listened to the podcast. So that was super cool. Got to sweat with you, got to do an ice barrel recovery session with you. And it was just an incredible event. I left feeling very excited with this energy of like wanting to carry on events like that. Anytime I do an in-person event, I always tell myself I need to do these more and I need to do them consistently. And then I kind of fall off that. So uh, I need you guys to like hold me to that, like start telling me where to come, what cities to go to and yeah, just be on my butt to plan it. Cause I really want to keep connecting with you guys in that way. It's always so fun. I genuinely love helping people in their fitness and wellness routines. That is like one of my biggest passions in life. And of course I get a good fix of that from my app of being able to record my workouts and post them on my app. But there's always something about just being face-to-face with someone and connecting in person that just absolutely fills my heart up and brings me so much purpose in life. So thank you guys for allowing me to do that. Um, after the ice barrel event, we went to Malibu for a honey swim trip. It was a quick one. I think it was like four or five days and our best friends, Mary, Margaret and Noah were there. They are the other co-founders of honey swim. And basically we stayed in an Airbnb and shot new products and some restock products the entire time. So we did photo, video, drone, literally everything and just bopped around Malibu, which was very, very fun, but definitely more of a work trip and not so much a vacation trip. Um, but work trips are freaking incredible when you get to do them at the beach. So I'm really grateful for that as well. But yeah, all in all, a super fun past two weeks. It's been a busy one, but a very fulfilling one. So that is my little life update. Um, another thing, I don't know if I'm going to be saying this anywhere except here for now. So you guys definitely will hear it first, maybe YouTube, but we're going to be going back to Hawaii. If you guys have been following, we lived in Hawaii last year for about three months and then we came back for a while and we're going back again for around the same time span. And of course we're bringing our little dog. So stay tuned for all the updates on that. I think that's all I'm really going to say right now, but that's coming up very soon. Um, yeah. And we're just kind of in prep mode, getting ready for another big life change. I feel like right now we're so young and without kids that we're just like knocking all of these life change things out. And it's been a crazy couple of years, but um, so fun. Anyways, I'll stop rambling and we'll get into this episode. What actually sparked my inspiration and my interest to talk about this was when I was in Orange County this past week and I had a thought pop in my head of, oh, I kind of miss living in California. Like, 
I kind of want to live back in California again. And I hate to say it because I'm so grateful for where we live now in Florida, all of our friends there, our house and everything. But I will admit for a moment, I was like, dang, I miss living here. I miss the restaurants. I miss Mish. I miss the workout community. I miss the beaches. I miss the lifestyle. I miss a lot of it. And I was just sitting there thinking. And then my other side of my brain kind of took over and was like, Brinley, oh my gosh, stop being ungrateful. You live in such a beautiful place in Florida now and have this amazing life in Florida that you love. Why are you having these thoughts of missing something that you formerly had? Does that ever happen to you? It's like an angel on your shoulder, like a chip on your shoulder. You have a thought and then another thought in your head is like, wait, but no, what about this? (laughs) That definitely happened to me. And that's what inspired me to talk about how the grass is not always greener on the other side. So like I said, we've probably all heard that phrase before, but I love learning about the actual history of a quote or phrase. So I did a little bit of research and it originated as a Latin proverb by Era... Ooh, I'm going to mess up the name. Erasmus of Rotterdam please don't hold me to that if I messed up the name. Um, But it was in 1545 and the quote was translated to English as the corn and the other man's ground seems ever more fertile and plentiful than our own does. And then it was also quoted by a poet named Ovid, the harvest is always richer in another man's field, kind of the same idea. And then in English, the first like English sighting of it Um, was in a song in 1924 by Raymond B. Egan. And there's a phrase in his song that says, the grass is always greener on the other fellow's yard. So regardless, you can see that this phrase has been used all throughout history. It traces back like 1545. That is so long ago. So for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, this idea has been around that we're constantly looking at and wanting what we don't have. The phrase essentially means we are never fully satisfied with our own life because we're constantly looking at how good others have it and wishing that we had it differently when we compare ourselves to others. It's always wanting what we don't have. It's always believing that what our neighbors have is better than what we have. It's looking at the outside appearance of other people's circumstances and forgetting that the outward appearance doesn't tell the whole story. It's focusing on what we don't have instead of focusing on what we do have and appreciating where we stand right now. And let me be totally clear. This is something that I am constantly working on myself too. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to myself included, everyone. I know that there's always something in our brain that is wanting something that we don't have. It's just a human quality and it sucks. And I don't know if we'll ever fully stray away from that because it's so deeply ingrained in our wants and in our heart. But I think we can build like a muscle memory to focus more on the good of what we do have and appreciate the beauty and great things that we see in other people's lives without deciding that we full-heartedly need those for ourselves for our own joy too. And what's interesting is you see this theme of wanting what we don't have all throughout history. Obviously in the quotes that I showed you, we see it in songs, we see it In books, we see it in all types of literature. One that really stuck out to me, I'm a Christian, so I do read the Bible and I believe in the Bible. And I know that not everybody listening is a Christian and I'm not trying to, you know, force my beliefs on you. But regardless of what you believe, this is a book that was written and it's a story. And something that really stuck out to me in the very beginning, the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. This is crazy because it's the exact same theme that we still deal with now today. And it talked about how God in the garden, he placed them and he gave them all the fruit, everything to eat and explore. And he said, go and do anything you want, eat anything you want, like 
just go enjoy this beautiful garden. Just don't eat this one fruit, right? Just do whatever you want. Just don't eat this one fruit. And what did they do? They ate the fruit that he said that they couldn't have. And I think that's such a common theme. And it just shows way back then, even in this book, in this story, thousands and thousands of years ago, that was still happening. We were still wanting what we don't have. And that story was before there was all these fancy cars and all this fame and money and everything. It was a simple fruit. And now with social media and new jobs and everything that is present in our world, we're constantly distracted by so many other things that we that want our attention and that are asking for our attention and that seem to promise us a happier and more fulfilled life if we got them. Whereas in that story, it's literally about a fruit. But now we have a fancy car, a fancy house, a perfect family. Um, Maybe it's social media, maybe it's fame, maybe it's whatever it is now that has your attention. It's a constant theme all throughout history that we're always wanting something that we don't have. And it's so crazy to think in that story, in the garden, and also in my own life, in our own lives right now, it's not always about a lack of good things because I can think of a billion things that I'm grateful for. And Adam and Eve in the garden, they were given so many amazing fruits and things to do and things to eat, good things. It's not about a lack of those good things. It's about just wanting something more, wanting something better, wanting something greater, wanting something more extravagant, just wanting more than what we have right here. And I think it's almost something about the unknown, the unfamiliar, that's enticing and exciting to us, especially, especially if we're told you can't have that. Now, that's a whole nother story that just a part of that related to this. And I don't mean to say that everything that you want is bad. That's not what I'm saying at all, because I believe it's very healthy to work towards a lifestyle that you love and to work hard for things that you love and for people that you love. I think that's all good things. So please don't take it as I'm saying, you know, everything that we want is bad and we shouldn't try to get better. It's more so about that constant grasping for what we don't have rather than the actual object, in my opinion. And just the idea that if I had XYZ or if I had a different circumstance, then I will be happy. Then I will be filled with more joy. Then I will be more peaceful. So I have three reasons why we are always focusing on our neighbor's greener grass. The first one is we have a fear of missing out, FOMO, if you will. We have this idea that if there's something out there that's going to make me happier and is going to make my life perfect, I don't want to miss out on it. I have to seek it with all costs. And like I've mentioned, it's different for everybody. For some people, it's relationships, friendships. For some people, it's money, fame, power. You all know what it is for you and it's different for everyone else. But in that relentless search for what's going to make us happier, we often forget about the beauty that's right where our feet are right now. So when we're caught up in this FOMO and this constant search, we forget to sit still in the now and just sit in how much joy a morning cup of coffee brings us or how much fun it is to play frisbee with your dog out back or how handsome your spouse is or how hilarious his bad jokes are and you forget how comfy your bed feels and you forget the simplest things of how nice it is to have a roof over your head and food on your table and the little luxuries that we just overlook on the daily when in reality if we would take the time to just notice those things daily and sit in gratitude for those things Those are the things that are actually going to bring us happiness from within. A practice I like to do often when I go on a walk or something is to list out some things I'm grateful for. You guys know that. I say that all the time. Make a gratitude list in the morning or when you go to bed at night. But take it a little bit further. 
make a gratitude list, and then just in your mind, think of how your life would be without those things. And this can feel pretty sad and pretty dark sometimes. Like say my gratitude list, I'll start with Lucas, my husband. If I take a second to imagine what my life would look like without him, oh my gosh, it makes me so sad to even say that out loud. Okay, another one. I'll say I'm so grateful to have a home that has a roof that I feel safe in. Imagine taking that out of your life. You no longer have a house that's covered and you don't feel safe where you go to bed at night. Now, how much does that thought change your appreciation for your home? Because it's easy to take those little things for granted when you're so used to them and you just wake up expecting them to be the same. But when you see them as a true gift and a blessing and something that honestly can be taken from you at any moment, when you see it for what it is like that, it can really help you to live in full gratitude and appreciation and experience a fullness of joy for those things. Okay, I'm getting on a side tangent, but the first reason that we're always looking for the greener grass is because we have a fear of missing out. The second reason is we have an unrealistic idea of how something should be. Somewhere in our lives, we've painted a picture of how our life should look, how our relationship should look, how our family should look, how our job should look, how our appearance should look, whatever it is, how something should look. One example of this is the American dream. And if you could see me right now, I'm quoting that American dream. It's this idea that, you know, you go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, you're there for four years, get your degree, get married, move to the white picket fence house, have the babies. It's like the the American dream. So if you grew up thinking that was the way you should do life, and then you find yourself with no steady job, into your late 20s and no boyfriend or girlfriend, no sign of having kids anytime soon, you might be tempted to cling on to that should of how your life should be going or should be looking and stop focusing on the things that make you happy right where you are. Stop focusing on the friendships that are truly life-giving right now in your life. And you might look at an old friend whose life you're watching online and you see that they are stepping into those seasons of lives with you know, the house and the family and the kids and all that. And you think that their grass is greener, but in reality, what you're looking at on Instagram or just what you see of their life is just the surface level image. And you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. So whether it's this built up ideal life in your head, or if it's someone that you're comparing yourself to, let me tell you, there is no perfect life. There is no life out there that you should have that's a certain perfect way. Life is messy and it is chaotic and it is beautiful and it is fun and it is exciting. It is a lot of things, but if there's one thing, it is not perfect. So let go of that idea that your life needs to look a certain way or be a certain way and that it's this perfect, once I get there, then I'll be happy type of image. And that brings me to the third reason of why we're always focusing on our neighbor's greener grass. And that is because we so easily compare ourselves to others in an unhealthy way. We see beauty in someone else's life and we want that for ourselves. And we decide that we need that for ourselves instead of just recognizing their beauty and moving on. I did a previous episode that talks more in depth on this. I think it was my last one. So go back and listen to that if you want to hear more on this. But we don't have to see someone else's beauty or see someone else's fun, good things in their life and make that question our own. We can, of course, let others' lives inspire us to build fun and healthy and exciting lives as well. I think you can gain great inspiration from other people who are living, you know, in a healthy, amazing way. But that doesn't mean that 
you need to look at their lives, compare yourself, get super down and start trying to replicate everything that they have in hopes that it will bring you, you know, your peak happiness or your peak success or whatever it is you're wanting. One conversation I've heard way too many times and honestly been a part of myself one too many times is when you get in a group of girls and you have one girl say, oh, I love your curly hair. I wish I had that curly hair. And then that girl with the curly hair is like, what? I wish I had your straight hair. Are you kidding me? And then you have one girl with thick hair say, ugh, my hair is so hot today. I wish that it was thinner. And then you have the girl with thin hair being like, are you joking? I would do anything to have your thick hair. Or maybe it's body types. I hear that one a lot too. Someone with an athletic build doesn't like how their muscles look and they want to be thin or more curvy or something else other than what they are. And then one of those thinner or curvier girls wants what they also don't have. Another conversation is about where you live. Maybe I post a lot of fun beach ocean content. And that's a comment I get a lot is like, "Ugh, I want to have your life. Ugh, I want to live at the beach. Ugh, I want to do this. And sometimes I'll click on their profile and just like look at where they live. And for instance, one girl lived in the beautiful like mountains of Montana. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I want to go experience your life. Or one that really got me was a girl that commented and she's from Greece. Like she literally lives on a Greek island. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. You live in a dream location that I would pay thousands and thousands of my hard-owned money to go visit for a week. But you're saying you want to swap lives with me to come live in Florida? And in her perspective, it's probably the exact same thing. It's like, you live in the United States? I would do anything to live there. So that just goes to show that it's not about the place or the thing or the beauty or the person. It's really just about wanting what we don't have. Simple as that. When I was looking up the origin of this phrase, I also realized that there's a lot of rappers from Hollywood that also use uh, the phrase, the grass is greener on the other side in their songs. Usher, Jay-Z, Ludacris, Ice Cube, like so many. And these are some very successful and very rich people. And they're still saying that they struggle with this. And I just got to thinking, say you look at someone who is super wealthy, super famous. They live in a beautiful mansion. They drive a Lambo. And you think that, you know, they're, peak happiness, peak success from what you see of their lives. But what if in reality, behind the image that they're creating, they're driving home in that fancy car crying, feeling very unfulfilled, going home to a lonely, empty, cold mansion? And what if their grass that looked so green was really just painted and underneath it was completely dead and brown. And that's what's so sad is that you just never know the reality. That person might be wishing more than anything that they could go back to a normal life with a family that loves them, making like microwavable dinners with friends that care about them and living just with more purpose and with more passion. So I constantly have to remind myself and I'm reminding you guys, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't just expect that green grass is actually healthy and happy grass as well. It could be painted green and know that no matter what someone's grass looks like, we are all fighting some type of battle inside. I want to be vulnerable and just give you guys some examples of when I was focusing on my neighbor's greener grass, so to speak. I have always been a dreamer. I've always been excited about the future. I've found kind of like an escapism in dreaming about XYZ. Growing up, I did kind of have an unstable family life. And eventually that led to my parents getting divorced when I was in high school. And from that, I think I always had this little mental escape of, okay, I'm stuck in this situation now, but someday I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do something bigger and better. And I'm going to create the dream life that I want and I'm going to do 
life exactly how I want. And like I said, that was kind of an escape. And I think over time, it kind of built a habit in my brain to always be seeking for bigger, better, and newer things, which there's a super fine line between, you know, working hard and being dedicated to create a life that you love but also not obsessing over the future and obsessing over this perfect idea and striving to make your life perfect. And I think sometimes I leaned more towards that side growing up, whereas now, current day, I'm really proud of myself to where I'm constantly living in gratitude for where I am and really trying to just make the most out of every day and the people that I'm with now and the experiences that I'm experiencing now while also still working towards my future self. And I think I've finally found a good balance of that, but that definitely wasn't my story growing up. One of the very first times I can recall just like wishing for the future, I don't know how old I was. I must have been so, so young, but I have this faint memory of just obsessing over like who I would be when I was 16 and able to have a car and have that freedom to drive. I mean, I was probably 11, 10, maybe even younger at this time when I would just day after day, like, I'm not kidding, go to sleep, just thinking about what I would look like, what I would wear, who my friends would be, what my life would be like as soon as I had my car. And then fast forward to when I'm actually 16 in high school. And I remember a lot of my high school years were filled with thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to get out of high school. I just can't wait to be free from high school and go to college. I just can't wait for that freedom. Another one I remember being in college and thinking, I can't wait till I have a steady job where I'm making my own money and I don't have to rely on my parents whatsoever, where I can choose exactly where I live, the apartment I live in, what city I go to, what I do throughout the day. I just can't wait to be out of school. And then this one is hard to admit, but I actually ended up dropping out of college and going on the world race, which in the months leading up to the world race, the world race for me was like my peak of happiness and success of what I thought it would be. And it was the most incredible experience. And I'm so grateful for it. I have so many good things to say, but this is what's hard to admit is once I was on the world race, there would be nights that I would dream about coming back home. I just can't wait to go back to my bed to my home, to my family, to my comforts back in America. When literally months before that, all I could think about was getting to the world race. Think about going on trips. You anticipate some fun summer trip this whole time. Maybe it's Europe or something. Say you anticipate going to Europe. You're so excited for it. You plan everything. You're there. And a weekend, you're like, wow, it would be so nice to just go back home right now. (laughs) You know, I hope someone can relate to that or else I might sound completely crazy. But what I'm trying to say is... I'm human in that, and I know so many other people also have experienced that, that there's really amazing things that you look forward to and you want in this idea of what's going to bring you happiness, and you get there, and maybe you want something else, something bigger or better, or maybe you even want to go back to the place that you started dreaming up those ideas in the first place, and that hits you like crazy when that happens. And why? Because we are human and it is a human quality to want what we don't have. I think recognizing that and admitting it is the first step in changing it. So now if I ever do catch myself wanting something that I don't have, I'm prepared. I know that that thought pattern is going to come up sometimes and I'm prepared to combat it. So that's what I want to wrap up this episode with is how to combat that thought when it comes up and how to start changing your thought patterns to really appreciate where you are right now. So the whole point of this is to focus on your grass, focus on watering your grass, tending to it, nurturing it, and making it green in your own eyes changing and shifting your perspective 
to cultivating and watering your own grass instead of just focusing on other people's grass. And first off, before we dive into that, I want to just say, if nobody's told you, your grass has potential to be luscious and green and growing and beautiful and lively. Yours does. Your own. Not theirs. Not your neighbor's. Not mine. But your own grass has that potential. You have specific and unique opportunities, talents, gifts, and things in your life that I don't have and that the person next to you doesn't have. And we'll reverse that right around. I have things and there's parts of me that you don't have. And that's what we just have to accept is that we are all gifted and unique and beautiful and talented and us in our own way. So my first point on how to water your own grass is to focus on your physical well-being. When you are healthy on the physical side, it makes everything on the mental side a lot easier. When you are working out consistently, fueling your body with nourishing foods, staying hydrated, living an active lifestyle, it boosts your endorphins and it helps so much with your mental health and your overall mindset on life. And if you're listening to this and you're like, no, I don't go to the gym, that's just not me, that's totally fine. You can do it in your own way. It's more so about just being active and lively and energetic in the way you live. It doesn't have to be going to the gym every single day. It can be going on a walk, picking up more active hobbies, cooking a healthy meal in instead of eating out just a couple nights a week. Whatever works for you, but focusing on your nutrition and your physical health is a way that you can water your own grass to change your mindset and your overall lifestyle. The next one is to count your blessings daily. I touched on this a little bit with just listing out things that you're grateful for. But if you actually do it and do it consistently on the daily, it will change your life. When you are living in perspective of gratitude and just being thankful for the little small blessings that are in your life, it makes it very challenging to do that and simultaneously be focusing on the things that you want and don't have. It's gonna make you a happier person. It's gonna bring you more joy. It's gonna bring you more peace. And it's gonna help you to really see the beauty in the mundane all around you. The next one is to do little things that excite you or bring you fun every single day. Hustle culture teaches us to just work hard, go, 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 go. And yes, hard work is very important, but I want to see more of an emphasis on prioritizing fun and prioritizing things that just bring you joy, literally for no reason. Like it doesn't bring you any benefit except for making you happy and bringing you joy. For me, something that has been bringing me joy a lot lately is putting goggles on and just going and swimming like a little kid in the ocean or taking a little lunch break to throw the frisbee with my dog in the backyard. But that's another thing that it's really hard to do little things that bring you joy and fun and simultaneously be hyper-focusing on things that you want that you don't have. Like those two just don't go together well. So if you're doing the fun stuff that excites you multiple times throughout the day, it's gonna make it a lot easier to forget about all the things that you don't have that you want. And the last one is to get in a healthy community. Community matters so much. I do not think we were meant to do life alone. And when we do life alone, it's a lot easier to get in our head and to focus on those things that we don't have that we want. Social interaction gets us out of our own head and our own thoughts. And honestly, For me, I know it helps me to remember that we're all human and that we're all going through things. I think part of being a good friend is helping your friends through hard times, which can also be such a blessing for yourself because it reminds you that you're not alone, that we're all going through something tough at some point. And something I've loved recently in my friend group is just recognizing the beauty in each girl of my friend group and seeing like the little gifts and the little talents and the little quirks and things that make each person them and 
just loving them for it. I absolutely love my friends now and I'm so grateful for each of them and I love seeing their unique personalities and things that make them them come out. And at the same time, it reminds me that I also have unique things about me that they love. And it's such an awesome friend group that accepts each other as they are and celebrates each other as they are without anyone trying or needing to be like someone else. It's so awesome and I'm so grateful for it. So yeah, community is everything and it really helps just all areas of your life. All right, that about wraps up everything that I have for you on this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I absolutely loved talking about this. I'm super passionate about it as you can tell. But if you liked this, I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to chat more answer any questions or just anything you want to talk about around this episode, feel free to leave a review to let me know your thoughts or if you want to ask a question in the review or my DMs are always open as well on Instagram. I will link all of my socials in the show notes. Before you go, I'm going to leave you with a challenge like I do every week. So this one is going to have two parts. The first one is I want you to make a list of all the things that you have right now in this present moment that you once wished for. It could be a relationship, a degree, somewhere you live, a friend, something that you wish and prayed for in the past that you have now. I want you to list those things out, any that come to your mind. Then the second part of the challenge is I want you to make a list of all the ways that you can cultivate and keep your own grass green this month. So little things that you can do to start appreciating where you are, the people that you're surrounded by, the things that you have right now, right here. And also you can throw in some things that just can maybe enhance your life to make your own grass greener. Both of those will be in the show notes as well if you want to screenshot it and write it down in your notes. But that is your little weekly challenge. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know your thoughts and I will see you next Monday. Much love.